Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, to another Saints victory and a welcome into the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are part of the fan side and network bringing you everything New Orleans Saints. That includes news, analysis, opinions, and fantastic guests. For today's episode, we are rocking with the regular crew. Uh, that includes myself, as always. I'm your host, Dayton Brown. Uh, and uh, it's, it was a very exciting Sunday, especially for the guy I'm about to introduce. Uh, you guys know him and love him, our uh, senior analyst. Charlie, what's going on, Charlie? How was the game on Sunday? We'll get more in-depth with it uh, in just a little bit. But how, how are you feeling this week after that incredible game we just saw? Yeah, that was awesome, man. That was a great game. Can't wait to break it down and break down Baltimore. Um, but I'm feeling really good, man. Sitting at uh, what five and one with mm-hmm. a chance to go to six and one, and then get the Rams at home. Feeling real good. What's up, Tyler? <laughs> Nothing much, man. I was just gonna say that you know, uh, there's uh, there's not a better feeling in the world. Maybe there is, but I haven't experienced it yet than uh, going to a Saints game and seeing them win. And uh, so yeah. that's pretty cool. I- I'm happy for you. You know, Dan and I are both really happy for you. Thanks, uh, man. But well, nothing much, so I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond, and we're glad to be back. Uh, sorry I missed the last episode, guys. I uh, I fell asleep, but I'm awake now. So You missed a good episode, too, man. That, that was a lot of fun. But I think since we've started this podcast, you guys, and obviously I think, Charlie, when you went to the game, it was before you uh, even came onto the podcast last year in London, but I think you guys are four, four for four of games you've been going to since uh, recent games yeah yeah right yeah the recent games pretty much since the podcast started right tyler you went to the buffalo game and they won uh, oh yeah, you yeah. Watched them. tyler you went to the redskins game they won and then charlie london game they won and then uh baltimore they won I think with so. one caveat i did go to the tampa game last oh, year oh that's right i went I to totally the eagles and that. browns game years ago mm. well so, so, lost both okay those. but if we really want to you know the Who Dad Dish podcast is is projecting luck onto the Saints yes. when we're yeah. a unit. Because when I was on the on the London Review show, yeah, obviously we had won that game. Tyler, you're you were a mainstay of the show when you went to Buffalo. We won. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. thing with Redskins, and then this year with the Ravens, we won. But last year, yeah, I went to the Bucks game. We lost. But at that point, I wasn't really part of the show. I was just a, a yeah. guest. True. Yeah. Very so true. Luck hadn't yep. been fully formed yet, and now it's there. So I'm confident luck. that in two weeks we will beat the Rams because yeah, I let's go. <laughs> that Bucks loss was a fluke anyway, so I, I don't I don't even really yeah, count. dude. Five interceptions on the yeah. road and we still lost. Come I mean, on, come on. Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, no, that's fantastic. How uh, how much luck we bring to the team, or metaphorically speaking, uh, of course. <laughs> Um, uh, but before we get into breaking down that game that brought the Saints to 5-1, and one, there was obviously a very big trade that went down uh, very recently, yesterday, in fact. Um, Eli Apple, the former 10th uh, overall pick by the New York football Giants, has been traded to our New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints are sending back a 4th round pick in 2019, as well as a 7th round pick in 2020. Um, so, and, and, and as soon as this trade dropped, obviously, uh, us three were in the group chat talking about it. Um, and I think the overall consensus we came to is this is an upgrade immediately over who we currently have there, both Ken Crawley and PJ Williams. Uh, it's not exactly us getting a solid cornerback two option, uh, it appears, but, 
uh, the, the change of scenery for Eli Apple could be a great thing. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll start with you, Charlie. Overall, what does the trade mean for the team? Obviously, we needed help there. Um, is the improvement enough on paper, uh, it seems like? Is the change of scenery going to be enough for Eli Apple to step into the uh, gear that everybody expected him, uh, you know, coming out of college, being a uh, top 10 draft pick? What, what, what are your overall thoughts after getting to marinate in this trade? So when we first heard about the trade, um, you know, I, I wanted to, I did a quick, you know, just dive into stats and stats alone. And when you look at stats and stats alone, he and we're all assuming, myself included, that he's going to be competing with Crawley as the the number two corner on the outside, and not so much with PJ in the slot. And that we could all be totally wrong. I mean, he could have been brought here to, you know, to contribute in the slot. Although that's not necessarily his strong suit. Um, you know, I was listening to Nick Underhill's podcast and him and Kevin broke down, you know, their thoughts. And I really, uh, I really think those guys mm. hit it right on the head that they did. Yeah. when you, when you look at what Eli can do and sort of what his strengths are, it really does fit into what made our defense come around last year. But I, I'm, I'm definitely a proponent in of, of this defense playing more, uh, press man because that's Marshawn Lattimore's strong suit and really he's he's so good that on the back like in our uh, when on our, on the back end uh, our, our scheming probably goes through him because he's going to shut down their, the other team's best receiver and you you have to have a reliable cornerback on the other side to take care of business on you know the the number two or number three wide receivers of the team so. Eli, um, like Nick noted, he's really good at press man. Um, that's sort of his strong suit. And he's also good at passing off receivers in zones. Um, you know, and, and we also talked about PFF's rankings. Uh, he's, he's, you know, what, currently number 36 or something like that mm-hmm. in the NFL, which currently ranks higher yep. than Marshawn Lattimore. Yes. Um, yes. So on, on paper, it kind of looks like, a, like an, even, an even battle between him and Crawley. And look, I don't... As much as me and, and uh, the rest of us have given Crawley so much crap, I don't think Crawley is that bad of a corner. I mean, last year he really came into his own and was and was a solid number two corner for us. He wasn't one of the better corners in the league. I don't know if Crawley has that in him, um, but he is a solid corner. And if anything, this will provide competition. Competition breeds excellence. Um you know, so I, whoever emerges as that number two corner, I think is going to be better because of this trade. Um, so I'm happy we're adding another corner. I mean, losing P. Rob was was rough. You know, he was he was really. I mean, last season he was the best slot corner in the NFL, and mm. getting him to come back this year was such a boost to our secondary. And <clears throat> so adding another another guy, you know, another uh, Ohio State guy. You know, you know the Saints talk to. You know, Marshawn and Von Bell and Michael Thomas, you know, to get there because there was some, you know, some talk about Eli and his where his head was and his off the field problems and Landon Collins calling him a cancer in the locker room. You know, mm. Obviously, the, the Saints had to do their due diligence. And, you know, what better way of figuring out a guy than asking his own teammates? And, right. Um, so, you know, I'm happy that we're bringing another body in. I really hope it works out for the better. I mean, you know, for a fourth round. To me, a 20, 20 27th round pick, you know, is, is negligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So really, getting Eli Apple for you know your fourth round pick, I think I think there's a lot of value there. So I'm excited. I hope it I hope it works out. And yeah, he was suspended for a game last year for the I think conduct detrimental to the team. Um, and yeah, Landon Collins did call him a uh, a cancer. But um, uh, at the same time, um, y- you look at the New York Giants organization, what it's gone through the past, I mean, two seasons. Now it could end up being even even longer uh, uh, problems over there. But, you know, they are a very button-up, tight-knit uh, organization that, that, that doesn't take a whole lot of, I guess, uh, um, I, I don't want to say, obviously, no team will take crap from players. But there's a certain point, obviously, John Mara has calling out uh, his, uh, his, his top player right now, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., the owner of the team, is calling out uh, because, you know, he is out there talking too much. You don't see that happen with the Saints organization, though. Sean Payton is a lot more, uh, Mickey Loomis as well, the, just the entire organization, a lot more laid back. Obviously, they, they, New Orleans isn't called the Big Easy for nothing. Uh, so I think that will benefit Eli Apple more so than anything. Um, and on the field, it will definitely be the scheme that Dennis Allen uh, implements but Tyler um any, any concerns that you have with Eli Apple I know you're really excited for him to be on the team um character issues a concern for him or are you really excited to see what uh what he can do on the field for us it's funny I'll just I'll just mention a couple things before I actually do have one thing that concerns me I'll get into that in a second but like we said you know uh, Charlie you alluded to it greatly you know he's good in zone He's a good press corner. It's funny. You were listening to Nick Underhill's podcast. I was listening to Deuce Windham's podcast. So I think it's funny. We're getting a lot of uh, coverage, you know, uh, across the whole uh, Houdat Nation. But, um, yeah, you know, I think he's an upgrade. I think the question right now is going to be how big of an upgrade. You know, I'm not, it sort of frustrates me. Not to you guys, but, like, uh, other people over Twitter, how they all freak out. And they just assume naturally he's going to be poo-poo. And, uh uh, you know, before we actually uh, plays one snap with the Saints, so uh, I'm optimistic. I think he's going to do well. But my one concern is actually not with the supposed off the field issues. It's right now. I think the communications. Uh, obviously, the Saints appreciate him being a younger corner, but at the same time, though, for example, let's say we brought in Patrick Peterson, right? You have that veteran leadership. You have that uh, the skills that Patrick Peterson or any veteran corner would bring that maybe we just haven't seen yet out of Eli Apple. Uh, I'm holding my breath, but what I'm alluding to is I'm hoping that the communication, you know, uh, that continues to get better. I hope that Eli Apple can help bring something to that because uh, regardless of how talented he, he is, regardless of the raw ability, if you can't communicate and if the secondary cannot be on one page, there's still going to be a lot of issues. So I'm hoping right. that, Whoever whoever ends up being the the second corner, you know, I think it's going to light a fire under everybody's butt. Not named Marshawn Lattimore, but I think right now it's a good signing, and hopefully everything works out for the team going forward. Yeah, yeah. And Dayton, you said like <clears throat> you know talking about the difference between the Big Apple and the Big Easy. And like I actually was really thinking about it yesterday, and I think I tweeted something along the lines of, um, you know. A change of scenery can can definitely be a yep. good thing. And then if you watch his interview, he did his press interview, you know, and the, the microphones in front of him, in front of his locker were asking him questions, and they were asking him, you know, how do you feel about a change of scenery? Is a change of scenery a good thing? Do you think you're going to thrive? You know, they're trying to poach that answer from him. And, you know, I was really listening to what he was going to say. You know, if he was going to outright be like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad I'm out of there, and I'm glad I'm down here. He, he, was, he had very good uh, – um, 
diplomatic answers. But really, when you listen to what he was saying, it does sound like he's he's happy mm. uh, to get a, a change of scenery. And there's got to be obviously some things going on in New York that he didn't like. Um, and then, you know, New Orleans is a really cool city to be in. And and like I said, it's it's not New York is not it's definitely not for everyone, man. Mm. I mean, just the atmosphere of New York City, it's a monster. But then also, you know, the the pressure that comes from being a New York City athlete. I mean, yes. the media up there is unrelenting. Absolutely. You know? And and not everyone's built for that. And that's totally fine, man. I mean, I would never survive in New York. New York would probably chew me up and spit me out. But, uh, yeah, listening to him yesterday, I could I could tell in his voice that he's he's excited. And plus, he's got his buddies on the team. I mean, who, who doesn't want to go, you know, and play with buddies – that they, you know, to use his words yesterday, went to battle with yeah. on the field in Ohio State and be able to do that in mm-hmm. New Orleans. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think, and Tyler, man, you, you really made a good point about communication. Yeah, Secondary absolutely. is all about communication and, and chemistry and how you, you know, feel the guy next to you or the guy behind, you know, it's really... Dropping receivers on, you know? it's Yeah, it's, it's the most... For lack of better words, it's a, the most like touchy feely position group on the football field, next to the offensive line. I mean, the offensive line; those guys are in the you know they're in the the trenches together. But on the back end of the of the secondary, you really have to know your guys' tendencies, mm-hmm. what their strong suits are, the way they're going to make checks. You know, even little eye movements and such. And that's going to take some getting up to speed. In addition to him. You know, learning Dennis Allen's system and what's at what what is required of playing corner in the system, that's a whole uh, boatload of information to get up to speed in and of itself. But then also learning his teammates, that's going to take some time too. Indeed, and yeah. and it, it also seems like the secondary has been making improvements when it comes to miscommunications on the field uh, over the past couple of weeks, which is good, which is what should be happening at this point in the year. Uh, so I think the implementation of Eli Apple, once he gets up to speed and everything, now that the uh, other members of the secondary have kind of solved their own uh, personal little problems uh, when it comes to uh, communicating with each other uh, and coverages, um, I, I definitely I think that's when the, the secondary will really start to improve. And yeah, he is now the fourth Ohio State member of the secondary, joining Marshawn Lattimore, Kurt Coleman, and Von Bell. Uh, him and Lattimore are also both cornerbacks from Ohio State. They were teammates as well, drafted in the top 15 of their respective drafts. So uh, we got a lot of firepower there coming from OSU. Um, and also for the Patrick Robinson injury, um, it, I think it's drawn a lot of parallels now to uh, Alex Okafor's injury from last year, right? Uh, because a very important guy for us, important offseason signee. Uh, who we needed to put opposite another star player that we had. Or I guess Robinson wasn't exactly opposite Lattimore, but definitely support there. Goes down with an injury, and uh, for the rest of the year, last year, we really couldn't find that replacement for for Okafor for the production that he had. Um, and yeah. I think it's going to be the same thing with Robinson. Uh, with now, now that w- we have the option of Williams, Crawley, or Apple there in the slot, we were, we got a little bit more flexibility. But I still think it's going to be a little bit of a bigger issue going down the road than than we're thinking even now with with eli apple because i think that that injury to robinson especially how early it was big big, big blow for us I, I think it was a big loss but i love this trade you saw overall what you you guys love this trade yeah if you had to like grade it if i had to grade it i give it like b plus a minus uh, I, I like yeah. this trade 
Yeah, I mean it's a it's a position of need on yeah. on the roster, and you know for fourth round pick, fourth round pick for a first round talent rookie scale um, contract too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, quite a few years, and plus yeah, plus the option, Tyler, mm-hmm. um, that for that fifth year option that we could you know I mean it's look isn't Crawley in his contract year? Yes, yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah. I think you know, so this PJ. could be a seam like this could literally financially. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean he's obviously a bigger financial hit than Crawley is, but. Um, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're trying to steal years of, of these guys that are on the cheap, you know, we're going to have, uh, Marcus Davenport on the cheap, on the cheap for a while, Marshawn Latimer on the cheap for a while, um, Rankins, you know, these, these first round guys, Michael Thomas is going to be due soon. So yeah, I mean, and eventually, um, you know, Marshawn's going to, going to be, you know, commanding a lot of money. So, and he's obviously someone that we're never going to let walk out the door. So financially, I like the move. Um, just because if we do move on from Crawley, who I, I don't know, I just really don't I don't think that we're going to. This team likes Ken Crawley, man. Yeah. There's there's something there. And uh oh I have to tell I have to say this. Like so like I said, I was listening to Nick Underhill and Kevin Washington's podcast yesterday. Kevin said the funniest damn analogy of Ken Crawley. And like <clears throat> so like, you know, when the, the the entire secondary had been playing pretty poorly for a couple weeks and what did he say? He said something like, Crawley's like when you and a group of your friends are out doing stupid crap and you get in trouble, like he's the one that gets caught. Mm. <laughs> it's, you know, like the whole secondary can be playing like crap, but it's yeah. like, damn it, Crawley, you got burnt on that play. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe you didn't realize that Marcus was didn't really need to be over top of Marshawn Lattimore and you should have been shading the Crawley side. I don't know. I thought that was kind yeah, of funny. Now he, 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 yeah, he's, he's the scapegoat for sure. When it comes when it comes to a lot of these, I, I think he's playing better. I thought he uh-huh. played just fine versus the Ravens. I mean, there was a couple first. Down. The one thing that Crawley does do is when he lines up in zones. I mean, he lines so far, like it'll be third and six, and he's, he's like 15, 15 yards, yards off the ball. It's like, bro, what are you doing? You know, and that could be a coach thing, you know, or that could be a confidence thing. Um, yeah. Do we I, think Eli Apple plays Sunday? No. No, yeah, I don't not, think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't even think he's active, honestly. Yeah, that'd be cool if he did, though. He's probably not. Gonna tra- he, he's probably not traveling with the team. He may. He could. No, he yeah, he could, it, and just dress down. He very yeah. yeah. You're right. He could. I'd, I I'd still be surprised if he did though. Yeah. Since I mean, since the Rams game is is home afterwards. Right. Yeah, and then that's. I mean, you'd like him to be active this mm-hmm. week. That. Yeah. That that receiving core, but it's just it's really hard to imagine. I mean, yeah. coming in on a on the hell a Wednesday, Tuesday, right? Yeah. Was that or Tuesday? Get, he got in late Tuesday night at like right. eleven o'clock at night or something. Showed up to practice Wednesday. You know, he's I, I don't know. I would be very surprised if he yeah. played Sunday. I would po- be too. It's possible, but yeah. And but the good thing is about this, it's not like it's definitely we we traded for position of need. But it's not like we're we're we were hurting for a guy right away right now to fill in like an injured injured spot or anything. We're we're rolling right. with the same guys we rolled with last week. We're gonna be uh, you know all right again. Very impressive Vikings uh, offense, which we'll get into the next episode when we break down the matchup that's gonna happen uh, this upcoming Sunday, uh, Sunday night. In fact, actually, it's gonna be a Sunday night showdown between the the Vikings and the Saints. So be sure to um, check out that episode when it drops. Um, but. Yeah, let, let, let's move on from from the trade talk. Again, very, very happy with, with coming away with Eli Apple. And surprised as well, obviously, the Patrick Peterson rumors were flying around there. It doesn't seem like he's he's going anywhere, though. Like, I mean, Charlie predicted it right away when we were talking about it. So 
Um, yeah, it looks like Peterson's going to remain a Cardinal. Let's jump into the Baltimore Ravens. New Orleans Saints game review. It was a wild one. Of course, Charlie was there to see it live in person. It started with a 20-play, 10-minute drive by the Saints offense. Didn't end up with any points, unfortunately. Actually, it ended in a turnover uh, after a uh, uh, Alvin Kamara fumble, which was more so just a, uh, a bobbled... Um, uh, pitch from from Taysen Hill on fourth and one down near the goal line, um, but either way, very impressive drive. Um, neither team scores in the first quarter. Um, Justin Tucker's field goal to start out the uh, midway through the second quarter started out the scoring, and then Benjamin Watson got the touchdown pass from Drew Brees uh, about five minutes later, one yard pass right on the goal line, and that gave Drew Brees his 500th career touchdown pass. And first off, guys, what a what a I don't think there was anybody better to to give that to. Uh, than, than Benjamin Watson that's currently on the team uh, that 500th touchdown pass to. He's, he's, he's been a veteran with Drew Brees for a while. Fantastic guy. I'm glad that he was the one catching catching that touchdown pass. Um, and then when it seemed like the Saints had all the momentum going into half, Ravens drive down the field, and uh, this is going to be very familiar in this game. Uh, Lamar Jackson, one-yard uh, touchdown run, puts them up 10-7 to at halftime. Not a lot of scoring uh, in the third quarter. Uh, but late in that quarter, the Ravens went up 17-7, to and that's the score going into uh, the, the final quarter of action. So uh, I'm, I'm going to start right there. Obviously, through the three quarters, it didn't seem like the Saints were playing their uh, top-notch football. This was a, uh, you know, very good Ravens defense coming into this game, tops of the league, uh, and they still played very, very well this game, especially through the three quarters. Charlie, when we're going into the fourth quarter, we're down 17-7. to What are your thoughts at that point in the game? Uh, how, how confident were you in the Saints' ability to come back and win? What 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 really was was the issue for them? Why, why were they down 10 points? What, what was your view? Well, <clears throat> we, we kind of wanted to keep the game close before we opened up the offense. And I could see why... Peyton wanted to do that. You're on the road, best defense in the league. It wasn't cold, but it was it was kind of chilly. Like it was 50 degrees, and the wind was kind of blowing. Um, you know, so it's just elements working against you. So I could see how, like, we didn't open up the offense that much until we really had to, and that's that's one of the takeaways from the game that I really liked was. You know, everything the Saints did was earned, man. Every run, every three-yard run that we got was a hard a hard run. Every completion that Breeze made was on the money, mm. you know, and, and it was really good to see us be able to, to get what we needed to get in that situation versus that type of defense. And going into the fourth quarter, I didn't think we were fully out of it because I think the way the game was going was at the end of the third quarter, we were sort of on a drive. And we started the fourth quarter by scoring early. And once we scored and the, the game was, what, like 17 to 14? Yeah. Uh, then at that point, the game's wide open. It's like, well, if the defense can get a couple damn stops or, God forbid, a turnover, we, mm. we, could, we yep. could do this. And we actually did get a couple stops. I mean, we didn't pressure Flacco that much. We had one sack. But on the plays there where he at least had like a hand in his face, he was, he was way off. I mean yeah. – he on the plays where he sat back there completely clean in a perfect pocket. He he torched he torched the defense. Right. And that drive before the end of the half was just it just it drove me nuts, man. Like John Brown goes on a crossing route. 
Marshawn Lattimore gets cut. Like, as soon as he catches the ball, I don't know if this was by design, but as soon as he catches the ball, I think it was Mark Andrews, one of the tight ends, was right there to yeah. cut off Marshawn Lattimore. Yep. So Lattimore, Lattimore was chasing. Like, it, just that's just your – there's something about Dennis Allen. I mean, I don't understand what the hell it is, but before the end of halves, the end of games, we get into this stupid cover two defense mm, where we rush terrible. two, three <sighs> guys and – and the quarterbacks have all freaking day to, to to tear this defense apart. I've seen it happen way too many times, man. The Browns game is the first one that really jumps off the yep, you know, yeah. off my head. Where it's like, why the hell are you running an inverted cover two with Ken Crawley playing deep safety? What are we doing? That's not the strength of the defense. Are you playing prevent defense? They say prevents you from winning, and it's and it's almost done it from for yeah. us a couple times. Almost did it on Sunday towards the end of the game. So, yeah, Alvin Kamara scored a two-yard touchdown run early in the fourth quarter. We were only nine by three. Some very clutch stops by the defense. Gets us the ball back a couple times. We're finally able to score with about five minutes left in the game. It was Michael Thomas' touchdown pass from Drew Brees. Put uh, put the Saints up 21-17. to Saints get the ball back very soon right after that. Uh, I'm trying to see how – it wasn't a very uh, long drive by the yeah. um, Ravens. Or I, no, I, no, I think they might have gone three and out. Yeah, they that's went what three it was. and out yeah, 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 under the he, game. He, that's he, what yeah. got the Ravens the ball back. Exactly, yep. So, and with two minutes and seven seconds left, we'll let's kick that field. We'll put the Saints up 24-17. And um, that was me right there. Way too much we were on – we were on a really good drive, yes. and it looked like we were going to go in and score a touchdown. We go in and score a touchdown, the game's over. And yeah. Yeah. I said to you know people sitting around me, I was like, Saints kick a field goal right here, the, the we're in trouble because the Ravens are going to march right down the field with no problem to score. Mm-hmm. Happens mm-hmm. way too often. Exactly. And he, here's the problem, though, is on that drive, the Saints easily could have milked the clock down to the two-minute warning, maybe even uh, um, uh, further down. But uh, incomplete pass by Drew Brees uh, on, on third and three stops the clock at, at um, uh, two or 2.15. Uh, Will Lutz's uh, kick only takes eight, eight seconds off the clock. Even if we get, you know, five, ten more seconds, if we get another play in, we're going to be able to milk that clock a little bit more, and, and the Ravens may not even get that ball back if we're able to even pick up a first down or, or, or something like that. So um, obviously that makes you nervous. Happened to the Saints, and, of course, that John Brown touchdown pass from Joe Flacco. And I'm putting all the blame on that touchdown pass, unfortunately, on Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, number one number one job as a corner playing cover two. First off, shouldn't be playing cover two uh, on the 14-yard line towards the end of the game, uh, especially with a guy like John Brown, the way that – And we rushed. And we rushed two dudes. Got. Or was it was yeah. it three on that play? Two or three, I think yeah. It was only, like... I think it was only two because both defensive linemen dropped back into coverage. Yeah. And I think just... it was just the two edge guys it. going. We do that. I, hate, I hate this defense. It's the one thing about this team – that I had this mm. deep hatred for is dropping Cam Jordan. Yes, or other, you know, pro, seriously. Pass, yeah, an all pro pass rusher back in the coverage. Like, what's Isn't he going to do? We have that? Isn't that why we mm-hmm. brought in Demario Davis? Kurt Coleman. Isn't that why we have Kurt Coleman? Yeah. For these, these bigger dudes who are supposed to be able to run with backs and tight ends that are mm-hmm. fast. That's why we have those guys. Send your all pro pass rusher. At the freaking quarterback. Please. I know. What's Cam Jordan going to do that uh, a linebacker or a defensive back can't right. do already? You know? Like, like, put it this I, way, right? Don't get so it. you're a quarterback, 
And you know, given given watching the tape, I posted a video of it yesterday. Mm-hmm. They obviously made a big – or not yesterday, Tuesday – a big emphasis on not letting Cam Jordan take over the game. They're blocking him with two and three guys every yeah, single Yeah, I saw that. Okay, so if you're a quarterback, your number one worry on the Saints defense is Cam Jordan coming at you because he can end the game. He, end, he helped end the game versus the Redskins. He's done it plenty of times for the Saints. Yep. You're a quarterback – you take the snap and you see Cam Jordan back off into coverage. You're probably like, "Oh hell yeah!" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't I have to worry about him hitting one. me this play or exactly. getting in my face or batting a ball down, which he does so well. It's just, it's insane. Yeah, what's killing me is you know I think we actually have a lot of talent on the defensive line, and you know um, it's funny people have credited Dennis Allen for having exotic blitzes with a cornerback or a safety. I'm surprised he hasn't really thrown a mix into things with the defensive line. You know, maybe have Alex Okafor or Marcus Davenport on one side or something. And, uh, you know, Sheldon Rankins or I don't know. You know, we've got the talent there. Uh, I've, uh, I've been listening to different people, you know, on different podcasts everywhere. And we have, like, uh, including you know, Apple now, I think, like, six first-round picks on our defense. Yes. Like, yeah, there's no excuse now. There's no we excuse have a, at all. We have we... a really good uh, set of guys for a NASCAR yeah, package to end the game. Yes. Um, Alex Okafor, Marcus Davenport, Sheldon Rankins, and Cam Jordan should be rushing, if they're not hurt, should be yeah. rushing the quarterback every single play to end the game. That's what Absolutely. should happen versus Minnesota last year. You know, if we're caught in that, in that same similar situation this year, that's what it should that's what should have happened last game. It should be those four guys breaking through that offensive line to affect the passer. One of them will get open, especially if they triple team or double team Cameron Jordan. Exactly. They have the talent. You'd expect it, right? Talent. You'd expect that to be the logical conclusion. Yep. And I know when they're when they're triple teaming, uh, you know, double teaming Cam Jordan, they're not doing that with two or three offensive linemen. They're doing that with a tackle plus a tight end or two yeah. or a running back. So it's not like they're sacrificing extra offensive linemen, but they are sliding the protection. There has yeah, to be so, what I want someone getting the other guys. Yeah, Marcus Davenport's face mask penalty was just so stupid. Oh, that yeah, right yeah, I saw that too. The game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, yeah, Tyler, going back on your point, six first-round picks in this defense. If you include the first-round pick in 2019 we had to use to move up to get Davenport, that, well, well, that's four first-round picks on the defensive line by itself. Two, two for Davenport, you got Shona Rankins, Cam Jordan. Why aren't yeah, we rushing? Why, why aren't and we utilizing And our safeties are, second, are high second-round mm-hmm. picks. Mm-hmm. Von Bell high and second. Marcus Williams, yeah. yeah. Marcus of, Williams was the best safety in the draft last mm-hmm. year. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. First we, round we, great. We, we were lucky he fell to us. Round. Yeah, we yeah. were lucky he fell to us. But yeah, He's going, definitely talented. Going back on that John Brown touchdown pass that, that was, you know, almost tied the game, which we'll get to in just a second. But, yeah, Marshall Lattimore, uh, very very talented guy. He does have lapses like this every so often, and every cornerback has. You just can't do it at the highest level. When you're playing cover two as a corner, the last thing you can possibly do is let your guy get an outside release. If you let him get an outside release, you do not give your safety any amount of time to get over there. Uh, uh, to stop the pass, and Joe Flacco put it perfectly where it's supposed to be. John Brown gets the touchdown, um, and and we got we got very lucky. Charlie, when 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 that when that extra point missed, obviously I, I, nobody was expecting that, right? I don't even know if you were watching the extra point because uh, Justin Tucker's just automatic. When that missed, <laughs> yeah. When that missed, what? Just just walk me through. What what was your well, how did how did it go? 
Um, and just real quick on the Lattimore thing, another thing that a lot of people have pointed out is he passed he passed them off too early. So uh, yeah, not only too. did he play with inside leverage, he yeah. he he passed them off too early, giving John Brown a free yes. just to run up the sidelines naked and. He had Von Bell over top. Von Bell's not that kind of safety. He's right. a strong, you know, yeah. I don't know. Like, his Marcus Williams wasn't in the game uh, at that point. He was, you know, apparently hurt his groin. I didn't he see when or how he hurt his groin while I was at the game or when I rewatched the game. I didn't see it. I almost felt like he was benched. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, the Justin Tucker thing, that was, that was such a surprise because, um, you know, obviously he hasn't missed an extra point since high school. High school, college, pros, he's never missed an extra point. And I, I thought I thought it wasn't real. I thought there was a false start or a timeout or a penalty on the defense, and that's what kind of threw him off to miss it. But when you, when I was waiting for the ref to come out and say, you know, timeout or fall, when the guys marched off the field and the mm. offense marched on the field, I was like, I, I cannot – or when the kicking team marched on the field, I was like, I cannot believe what I just saw. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> the Ravens fans were in complete and utter shock, and so was I. That was yeah. absolutely it's crazy. Justin Tucker was in shock as well. You saw his face. Yeah, um, it's a meme they, everywhere now. The, the internet meeting the hell out of that thing. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, the internet works works really fast in that. Yeah, poor I love Justin it. Tucker. Um, what was your reaction, Tyler? Uh, obviously, uh, um, you you weren't at the game, but but when you yeah. saw that happen, I mean, that was that was all the luck the Saints needed at that point. Yeah. So what happened for me was, uh, you know, I wasn't at the game as lucky as Charlie was, lucky him, but mm-hmm. um. Uh, I, I found a stream at home that was, uh, I was watching on my phone, and I was keeping up with that. And I like I, I almost had the same reaction as you, Charlie. I was like, "Watch!" And knowing me, uh, one of the scenes uh, players got off sides, and knowing me, something happened, and they're gonna have to reset it. And then Tucker will be golden like he always is. And I, I was just shocked. I'm like, "What? You gotta be kidding me!" Like I was expecting overtime. I'm like. I was, like, freaking out about, uh, can you imagine if the Ravens get the ball, a ball first? They're going to march up down the field again. I was freaking out. And then that happened. I'm like, wait, what just happened, you know? And I, I'm glad, you know, uh, as great as Tucker is, you know, things happen. And I'm glad that did. And we just have to give kudos, too, to Will Lutz. Uh, he was pretty good that game. So, mm-hmm. uh, battle of the pickers. Will Lutz came on top. And so did the Saints. But Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, was, I was jumping up and down. Um, absolutely. I, first thing I went to Twitter because I was like, "Is this real? Like, what? Like, what? What are people thinking like, right what now? What the heck just happened here? Oh man, that was that was absolutely crazy. And yeah, because it's funny because obviously I'm following Lindsay OK on on Twitter now, and <laughs> her she tweets Joe period Flacco period right when the touchdown happens, and then her next tweet immediately after that is it's it's right after Tucker misses the kick. She she says this is the worst Sunday of my life. So that was just that, <laughs> just that one hundred to zero uh, type thing. Uh, uh, I, I I obviously felt really bad for her, but it was it was Aww. hilarious, hilarious to watch that unfold. Um, but yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, stats for the game: twenty two of thirty. Uh, this was Drew Brees. He was twenty two of thirty, two hundred twelve yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he was only sacked one time, uh, which I, I'll get to in just a second about the offensive line's performance. Absolutely fantastic. QBR was 92.3. That's out of 100. That's very, very impressive. Alvin Kamara had 17 carries for 64 yards. Um, and Taysom Hill, 
uh, had 35 yards on six carries. Mark Ingram had 32 yards on 12 carries. Um, Michael Thomas led the team in receiving. I think this is the first time in, in three games he's led the team in receiving. I, he didn't do it against the Giants. And I, he didn't do it against the Redskins, I don't believe. Um, but he had seven catches for 69 yards and that five-yard touchdown that put the Saints up. Uh, Traquan Smith had three catches for 44 yards. Um, obviously, he's so good. He's, he's so yeah. good. Starting he's in place better. of Ted Ginn Jr., who went to IR. Um, Benjamin Watson, six catches for 43 yards, and he had that uh, one-yard touchdown pass from Drew Brees. And Dan Arnold made a couple appearances. He had a, he had a really huge, nice— Huge, huge, yes. huge catch from him, yes. man. He had a really, really nice 25-yard grab. Um, a- absolutely fantastic. Um, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram only combined four catches for 21 yards. Really need to get them going in the pass game uh, going on. But obviously the Ravens defense was prepared for them to— uh, um, uh, look for the screens and whatnot. Um, AJ Klein led the team in tackles with seven. Crawley and Demario Davis were tied for second with six. Davis um, is doing really well. Davis Amazing. is doing really, really Amazing. well. And the team, uh, the Saints defense only had one sack, uh, and it came via Alex Okafor, um, uh, which was fantastic. As a team, they also had three tackles for loss. And again, no, uh, no turnovers. They weren't able. They didn't have uh, any interceptions. Um, and they did not have any uh, fumble recoveries or or forced fumbles. So um, obviously something that the defense needs to uh, address in the future if, if we're going to – because this team can't keep going on with uh, losing the turnover margin over and over again. And, again, we got kind of lucky with that missed extra point or else it could have been uh, a big overtime battle that could have led to a loss that really could have led to um, something even bigger. So, uh, again, very lucky Tucker missed that missed that extra point. But, yeah, uh, let's talk about the offensive line's performance real quick from the Saints. Um, this was the week before the Ravens had 11 sacks on the Titans. They only had one against the Saints, and that wasn't against, as Charlie pointed out, Josh Hill was the, the blocker when Drew Brees got sacked. And um, it, so it didn't happen against an actual offensive lineman. Uh, so that, that that pretty much just means that they were perfect pass predicting Drew Brees for the most part this game. Um, and mm-hmm. the offense uh, gained 134 total rushing yards against the third best rushing defense. So they were good on both aspects. Um, I'll start with you, Tyler. How impressed were you with this offensive line? Um, uh, what about them? And obviously, Andres Pete was out. And then his yep. replacement, uh, um, Laribius, goes down. Um, and now it sounds like well, he just went to IR. Um, yeah. and now we're going, uh, we're, we're, we're going to have to, uh, it was Cameron Tom filling in for him in the game. Um, and, and I think we signed Michael Ola and Chaz Green, uh, as well. We got both of those guys back. Um, yep. so there's going to be some shuffling on the offensive line, but they performed fantastic. It sounds like Pete's going to be okay though. He's, he's going to be returning, uh, but we're going to yeah. need to fill in the backup. But how impressed are you with, with, uh, the offensive line's performance, especially the, I guess, two injuries in a row right there? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually really impressed. You know, uh, I think Cameron Tom did really well. Laribius did well. It's. Uh, it really pains me to see him go on IR. You know, uh, anytime we lose a, a backup offensive lineman that is as capable as uh, for filling in, you know, on anywhere really on the line as he is, it's sad to see. But um, Pete's uh, hopefully uh, good to go now, and that's a plus. Um, I, you know, I was talking to people about the offensive line. A question now that I'm really curious. I'm going to ask you guys. Do you guys think this is the time now where Will Clapp uh, should be active on the roster? I, I think this is a good time, you know, and where, uh, where you know, where uh, the offensive line is doing a bit of shuffling. Will Clapp has impressed uh, the time they played back in the preseason, et cetera. 
you know, uh, maybe this could be a time. Maybe not that he starts, but if uh, if the opportunity arises, you know, they have to call for somebody. Maybe he could be called. I don't know. I think it's just something to see. But well, uh, sorry, sorry, dude. I'm no, you're gonna, good. I'm just gonna answer it real quick. But I have a feeling. I don't know. There's got to be something going on because he was he was uh, what he was like a first or second round graded prospect coming into the draft. Falls all the way to the seventh round. I mean, there's got to be a reason he fell all the way to the seventh. There's also got to be a reason. Uh, and obviously, we actually kept him around. We cut our fourth-round pick, Rick Leonard, and we kept the seventh-round pick, Will Clapp. So obviously, the talent is there, and, and he's going to be able to contribute to the team. But he's also been inactive for, for every single game. Um, and it, I don't know, just weird. I, I feel like there's a reason he fell to the seventh round, and it's the same reason he hasn't been active for the team at all. I don't know exactly yeah. what it is. Could be the injuries. Um, you know, he's, he's been, he was dinged up a little bit in college. I don't I, I don't know exactly what it is um, about Will Clapp that, that the Saints aren't able to play him. But I'm 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 in agreement with you, Tyler. I think if he is ready to go, if he's prepared, why not make him active? I mean he, he he's a big body. He played he played pretty often in the preseason as well. Yeah, I mean, I, he, it's it's not like he's, you know, totally injured or anything, um, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, I mean I mean it, it it would be great to get some reps in for him, but yeah, I'm not sure what's holding him back. I think it depends on Unger, right? If he's, yeah. you hurt his yeah, hand, which, at, you know, obviously at, at center can be a pretty significant injury depending on which hand it is. Um, yeah. the, you know, other than that, I, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about Will Clapp coming up yet. It, it would be cool. See, the thing is, we need a, a swing interior guy, and I think Cameron Tom has taken snaps at center before, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. Tom's doing he's well way, though. He's way far. He's way far along than Will Clapp is. Uh, he he filled in for Laribus on Sunday, and he played he played just fine, man. He played just fine against that that defense. So I, I feel really good about that. And I think Cam Jordan even said maybe it was ranking somebody like during the summer program was was really praising uh, Cameron Tom in his development and all that. I, I feel good about him. Uh, but as far as Will Clapp, I'm not sure. I think it really depends on Unger and his in his injury and which hand it is and and all that. I mean that would that would be a that'd be that'd be pretty scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, it's not, like we'll have most of the online back though. That's that's a plus. Yeah, you know? no, it looks like our line should be should be ready to roll this week as long as Unger's okay. And yeah. Having our full offensive line, I mean, this is, in my opinion, the best, you know, one or two offensive lines in the league. Oh yeah, we're up mm. there. No doubt. Luckily. Because uh, um, obviously that's that's contributing to Drew Brees' success a lot this year. I know that was one of my biggest uh, worries um, after Senio Calamente yeah. got signed away. I was like, oh my god, because someone on this offensive line is always hurt, and he's the Swiss Army knife. Mm-hmm. What the hell are we gonna do? And lo and behold, we're hitting that halfway mark through the season, and we're a pretty healthy unit. Knock on wood. Right. So yeah, well, hopefully that'll that'll you know stay parallel and and stay up to par but charlie also if you want to chime in about the offensive line go ahead but i also want to hear about just your overall day at the game uh yeah likewise getting to the stadium obviously you you live near the area but you still had to travel to get to the stadium um yeah just walk me through the day getting there um if you tailgated at all uh where you were sitting you 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 were sat around a lot of saints fans down in that lower bowl um yeah walk us through the day man how was it so i had a uh I play in a co-ed two-hand touch football league. Mm. Um, me, my brothers, my wife, uh, 
bunch of our friends. So, and my our team name is actually Hudat. So uh, uh, that's fantastic. Cool. And, fantastic. You know, <laughs> what is our name Hudat? Like because it's my team. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Create your own damn team if you want a different. So uh, we won. We killed the team that we played against. Uh, got out of that. Went home. Uh, got changed up. Left where I live um, with my buddy. Took us about an hour to get to Baltimore, which is just. That's actually not that bad. I mean, I'm about 45-ish minutes west of Baltimore, so an hour on game day is not that bad. And, uh, man, I really – I had an oppor- we had an opportunity to get to a Saints tailgate in one of the lots in Baltimore, but, like, we – the problem is that lot – so that lot was south, if you're looking at a map, of the stadium, and that part of Baltimore, there's just not really anything there. Like, the only thing – would be staying at that tailgate or that area like you know we would have to find it and get parking and all that and the parking was really expensive but like that was our original plan was to get to that tailgate and hang out with a bunch of hoodats but then as we approached baltimore and like the plan just kind of fell apart so we we're like okay mm-hmm. we're here early enough let's find good parking so baltimore the parking's not that bad i mean we we parked at the hyatt um right in right right there by the stadiums because M&T is right next to Camden Yards, um, mm-hmm. which was – I mean, it was $30 parking, which to me is nothing on game day. I'll, I'll take that in a garage any day. Then there's a couple uh, bars right there next to Camden Yards. Um, there's Pickles and Sliders. There's a couple other ones. So we ended up going to Pickles. So the Pickles, hung out there. There's a few Saints fans there, a bunch of Raven fans. The Raven fans, man, I didn't know what to expect because – I hadn't really been to a Ravens game before. The, the only Ravens game I ever been to was me and my dad years ago went to the very first ever Ravens game, like their mm-hmm. very first preseason game in their inaugural season. Wow. And played in old Memorial Stadium, which was a really, really old baseball stadium in Baltimore. And uh, it, that was really cool because they were playing the Packers, and uh, Reggie White was like – right in front of us we were sitting right in the front row right behind uh yeah we i don't even remember how we got the tickets we got them maybe someone from my dad's work or something like that but yeah i'll never forget seeing reggie white standing right in front of me um so i had never really been to a ravens game i live around a bunch of raven fans i know a bunch of raven fans they're all really cool i didn't really know what to expect i didn't know if they were rowdy you know if you go to red my only point you know reference point of going to a game here is the redskin games and those to me are never they're never pleasant the redskin fans can get so rowdy that they beat each other up i've seen that numerous times which just pain still blows my mind um so i didn't really know what to expect you know baltimore's kind of a rough city for the most part so man baltimore fans are so cool raven fans were awesome they're cool at the bar they're talking you know Everybody loves Drew Brees. Hey, you know, we won the Super Bowl down in New Orleans. We have nothing against you guys. You know, we hoping for a good game, good offense, good defense. So <clears throat> the pregame stuff was all cool. We got to Pickles, hung out there, ate some ridiculous Baltimore food. No crab cakes or anything like that, but we did have Baltimore pit beef with bacon in it and a side of mac and cheese. So good. That sounds good. <laughs> Dude, that, it was, that it sounds was, fantastic. It was really good. Um, and then when it came time to bounce, we – uh. We walked, and the way you get to the stadium, I mean, you could walk around the road, or you could just go through the gates of Camden Yards. And Camden Yards, if you've never, never been there, it's one, it's one of the most beautiful baseball stadiums. Like, it, I don't know, it's got so much history, but at the same time, it's just a really, really cool-looking place. So we got to walk through Camden Yards to get to M&T, and it's just – the whole process was easy, man. You walk up, you walk through a fun crowd. You know, there was a band outside the stadium playing music. 
scanning our tickets, get right down to our seats, and we're greeted by other season ticket holders because our seats were pretty good. They were they were on the third third row, right behind the Saints bench. Um, and usually in that area, you're going to get a lot of season ticket holders. You're not going to get a lot of StubHub people. So <laughs> it was funny because the guys who were sitting next to us were like, "Who the hell are you?" You know, like joking <laughs> around. And uh, <clears throat> I said, "Hey, well, my my neighbor's father-in-law is." owns these seats and he you know my neighbor said hey if you want to make it so he's like okay so uh he hasn't been to a game all year and now he's sending saints fans to the game so it was kind of <laughs> like some fun banter going back and forth and yeah we were really surrounded by a lot of saints fans man saints fans they freaking travel like i could not mm-hmm. i could not believe how many saints fans were were there and, and predominantly in the lower bowl of the stadium and yeah. we were loud i mean we love our team <clears throat> Oh, we do. No, <laughs> we travel well. That's for sure. And yeah. it's very uh, encouraging too when you're mm. walking through enemy territory and you just see allies all yes. over the place. Yes. <laughs> you said they were loud. Yeah, oh, they were loud, man. Loud, loud. Every time we'd score, and we were going back and forth. You know, we would yell, we'd do the Houdat chant, and then when the Ravens would score, they would yell at us, Houdat. And uh, hmm. and yeah, they were friendly, man. Even after the loss, I mean, especially having a game just completely ripped away from you like that. You know, that's when you're like, oh crap, they're mad. Nah, man, they were cool. They were cool. Damn, you know, well, you know. That's still a pretty good team. That's weird. Yeah, I said, hey, and I was telling them, I was like, hey, this could be a rematch in the Super Bowl, man. Mm. I I wouldn't put it past both these teams and make it it to the Super Bowl. So everything everything about the game, I I I was pleasantly surprised because I didn't know what to expect, and the whole experience was awesome. Even the game, you know, obviously was was awesome. And, you know, they're... The stadium is a nice stadium. M&T is a nice stadium. It's not, it's not brand new, but it doesn't feel dated. And their effects in the stadium are cool. But then it's still, the only things I like about it is it's still a football stadium. You know, a lot of the new stadiums that they're building, they're like these crazy buildings with all yeah. the you know artwork and these crazy lounges and stuff like that. I, I guess that's cool, but I don't know. I'm a football guy. I like going to football games and being in a football stadium. And, yeah. and M&T is definitely a football stadium with some pretty cool production on, on the inside. And the last time I had been in M&T Stadium was when I was a junior in high school and we, we won our state championship there. So uh-huh. it was to go back cool. there. And, and uh, yeah, the whole, the whole thing was cool. Pleasantly surprised. Obviously happy we got the win. You make a good point about the stadiums, though. Look at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, how empty it kind of looks. I mean, <laughs> partially that's due to there's so much to do at the stadium. That's what not they really. say, you know, but I don't, buy that. I think, I think, I don't buy that. I, I think that has something to do with it. Definitely not all of it, but I think that definitely contributes to a little bit of the – or quite quite a few empty seats there. I could see, like, the beginning of a half or, you know, like, when people are still kind of out putzing around the stadium looking at stuff. But, like, right. you'll see pictures of, of the stadium at, like – Four minutes left in the fourth quarter of yeah. a close game, and it's like empty. So, like, what are you doing? I mean, yeah, I don't know. yeah that that's is, Atlanta for that you. They don't sad. care about the sports teams unless right. it's the Braves. They don't care. <laughs> which is they which don't. is crazy. Which is just yeah. it just boggles my mind. I don't know, it's it's twenty eighteen. I don't I don't know how you can like I don't know whatever. I don't know how you can like baseball over basketball or football. But to each their own. Um, but that that's that's awesome to hear, Charlie. I'm really glad you had a good time at the game. Yeah, it sounds like a we're lot happy of fun. for you, man. Um, Thanks, dudes. I'll be back. I'll be down there in two weeks. Mm, I can't. Forget. Well, be... not even two weeks, man. Like what was it? Thursday or we're recording this on Thursday? So yeah, less, yeah. less, you less lose your about voice, a week man. and a half. Yeah, about a week and a half. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're going ballistic. Me and my boy Ryan. Well, me and my wife are going down, and we're gonna meet my buddy Ryan down there and have a good old time. Watch, watch, watch some LSU uh, Bama on Saturday night. Ooh. Yeah. Are you are you going to that game or are you just watching it on TV now? No, we're gonna watch from New Orleans. We we go. were going back and forth, but I mean LSU games are like more expensive than Saints games. Oh, I so. bet. Oh, that's it, crazy. It's religion yeah. down there. It's uh, which, yeah, which, fantastic. I, I I've been loving LSU football for the past couple of years now. Ever since I really got into Saints Twitter and whatnot. LSU Twitter is just literally just goes hand in hand with it. It's just uh, Saints Twitter on Saturday. Exactly, exactly, and a lo- actually more yeah. passionate too. <laughs> I think L- LSU fans are. I didn't. I, I didn't think you get more passion than Saints fans, but LSU fans are uh, ballistic. They go bonkers. It's. I love it. Um, and LSU is having a fantastic year so far. So that's gonna be a good matchup. So look at you, Ryan. Man, or uh, well, you and Ryan. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Ryan. 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 La Sports. Right. On, yeah, on Twitter. Ryan dude. underscore La underscore Sports Seven. Yeah. Um, trying to get my buddy Will to meet us, but he's he's tied uh, up with work. So hopefully. Uh, uh, he can screw it out. Anybody else who's in New Orleans that wants to meet at St. Charlie, I'll be there. Oh, man. <laughs> there please, please do a meetup. That'd be great. Um, That'd be great. Twitter bet- block party. That Man, I, I'm, I'm absolutely down for that. I need, I need to go to New Orleans one of these times. You do, we all, man. We all need to do a meetup. Um, That'd be badass. Getting back into the game, though, uh, we talked about how good the offensive line was. On the flip side, the, the defensive line, despite, I mean, the pass rush, uh, we only got one sack of Joe Flacco. Uh, Cam Jordan was We're getting the faces a little bit. We are, absolutely, yeah. Cam Jordan was double and triple teamed uh, a lot of the game, as Charlie pointed out. Um, but we only gave up the defensive line, I guess the defense as a whole, only gave up 77 rushing yards, uh, which is right at the, the average for them. So we remain um, the number one rushing defense in the NFL against, you know, uh, Alex Collins and, and Buck Allen are, are two, <laughs> you know, pretty pretty good running backs in, in today's league. We were able to keep them in check. Um and so for the entire season, this rushing defense has been great, um, you know, opposite the secondary that has been struggling a lot. So I want to ask you guys, who deserves the most praise uh, for the performance up front of this defensive line? Obviously, the talent is there. Um, is there one guy you guys uh, are, are, are given the most credit to for being able to stop the run? Obviously, the linebacking core has something to do with that, too filling those gaps in uh but for the season as a whole and on sunday is there one or two guys you you want to give uh, a majority of the credit to keeping this is it dennis allen's schemes um <laughs> obviously that's kind of a long shot but a, a, that could be a strong suit area as to where secondary isn't uh what are you guys thinking who, who if you had to give credit to somebody would you give it to one or two guys who like how was his defense uh being able to uh dominate the the rushing AJ teams. Klein man AJ, AJ Klein. Klein yeah Oh yeah, AJ Klein is up. playing. He's playing fantastic, and he's not getting nearly enough love, man. He has stepped up big time, and obviously Demario Davis has played. Yeah, he's played great in the in run support, and and our D line's doing their job. They're they're gobbling up linemen to make our guys to allow our guys to make tackles. But AJ Klein's flying around the field making tackles. Yeah, for me, I'd have to go with um, Demario Davis. He's been doing great. You know, the linebackers. Especially this week, everybody has been doing the part. We love to see that. Uh, right now, I got again. I give props to Taylor Stallworth when he's been healthy. Mm. Yeah, like everybody keeps on noticing it, noticing it, and it's crazy right now. How you know how nobody really expected much of him, but how he's been able to produce and how he's been doing, especially in the run. That's been key to their success. Right now, Sheldon Rankins, he's been a beast. Marcus Davenport, the rookie, he keeps on getting better and better, and he's so athletic and he's so quick. Despite that huge frame, 
it, it's like he's a, a moving wrecking ball. It's crazy. And then, of course, you have the Beast, Cam Jordan. I think it's everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody deserves a little bit of the recognition, but everybody together, it's really what's making everything come together, you know? Yeah. Come alive for that defense. So, so I'm pretty proud so, of it. So Demario Davis leads the defense in uh, in tackles. In total tackles at 33. Nice. Okay. Uh, number two is Ken Crawley at 26. <laughs> it's because he's got to tackle all the guys he gives those receptions to. Yeah, yeah. he has to tackle everybody that comes his way. <laughs> number three is uh, is Von Bell, who's a tackling <laughs> machine. Yes, he Tack- is. Tackling fuel. And then right after that is A.J. Klein. Very so, nice. um, Not bad. Demario Davis, in my opinion, has had the biggest impact on mm. this defense, man. Oh, for oh, sure. For sure. The big, I mean, he is a godsend. Like, yeah. Not to mention he's a really cool dude and he fits mm-hmm. in perfect with uh, with New Orleans yeah. and all that. But man, he, like on the field, Demario Davis, he's got two sacks. He's got 49 total combined tackles. Uh, he's got a fumble. Um, yeah, man. I'm just waiting for that interception. <laughs> yeah, that'd be <laughs> Maybe dope. He'll get it this weekend. But uh, he's, he's, yeah. Best linebacker talent wise that we've had since since Pro uh, Bowl. He needs to go to the Pro Bowl this year. Yeah, I think he has the ability. And I I really see it going in this direction that Demario Davis will be the best linebacker we've had since Jonathan Vilma. Thank you, wow. Jets, for giving us both of those guys. Yeah, pretty we much. appreciate I mean, it. Obviously, yeah, we signed we signed them off the team, but yeah, no, they're both former New York Jets. So I'm 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 with the, I'm with the Greens with both of you guys. I also think. A lot of the uh, um, credit should go to uh, the effort put on by our, our defensive line and our linebackers. These guys never quit. They always have the motor going. I'm specifically talking about Alex Okafor um, and, and Sheldon Rankins. If you watch them on film, those guys, whether they're getting a Cam Jordan too, obviously, but sometimes he sometimes he can't help when you're double and triple teamed. Said some, sometimes there's, there's just not a whole lot you can do. But they still never quit. They have a high motor. They're still going after the ball. Uh, Okafor sack. It was not an easy sack for Okafor. It didn't even seem like he was going to be the first guy to get to Flacco, but he maneuvered a little bit. Um, the the pocket kind of uh, almost collapsed around Flacco. He stepped up a bit, and Okafor just kept going, and, and uh, eventually Flacco just held onto the ball for too long, and Okafor got the sack. So, um, and, that, and that happens in the running game as well. If you're able to plug up some holes, um, running back doesn't have a whole lot to go, and if, you're, uh, if he's trying to find the hole and you're – continuing to go as a defensive lineman instead of just stopping with the original assignment that you have. That's where the tackles for losses start to pile up. That's when you're able to uh, control the ground game as a whole throughout the entire game, which the Saints have been able to do week in and week out so far this season. And I think that that's been the saving grace on defense so far. So hallelujah yeah, to that. And go ahead. I, uh, I, at first when people were, you know, when we talked about, you know, the, the Saints having the number one rush defense. The first thing that pops in my mind is, oh, that's because we're scoring points. Teams are having to throw. They're not running the ball. That's what I'm thinking. But when you look at, in my opinion, like, okay, so total yards is one thing. Like Drew Brees, for example, leads the NFL history in total yards. That is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. But someone could easily make the argument of, well, that's because they throw the ball all the time. The way the, the genius of Drew Brees is not only does he lead the NFL all time in yards, but he leads in completion percentage. So mm-hmm. it's not like he's just slinging it. He's efficient. And the same type of argument can be made for this rush defense. Yeah, uh, we're scoring some points. Teams probably are throwing a little bit more versus us than they would otherwise. But we also lead the league in yards per carry. Yes. So it's not just that you're you're not you don't have as many rush attempts versus exactly. us. That when you do rush 
you're not doing a good you're not doing well so yeah they're getting nowhere right no yeah no very good point it's, it's all, all across the board this rush defense is is absolutely impressing everybody in tops in the league and and like i said i, I think that's been uh through through the first six weeks or f- through the first seven weeks excuse me while this team is continuing to improve the secondary that's been our saving grace but yeah shout out to the linebacking core as well davis klein anzalone when he he stepped up pretty big Manti Teo actually uh, started uh, the game on Sunday, first time in, in, a, in a few weeks, um, and Anzalone was substituting him in, in and out uh, throughout the game as well. Um, so those four guys being there for that linebacking core, really important for the Saints and, and this run game. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about for this game? We, we covered the bases. I have one. Go ahead, man. I, lo- okay. I want to hear it. Sorry to cut you off there, but You're I'm surprised nobody else brought it up. Uh, I think... Uh, at this point, uh, the, the debacle is uh, is he uh, worth getting a jersey? But um, Taysom Hill, yes, the, the beast. Taysom, uh, Hill. I sent you guys a tweet earlier in the in the chat. But Taysom Hill had 16 run blocking snaps this week. He now has. Thank you to. Uh, I'll, I'll pull it up later. I'm, I'll give him kudos on Twitter. Uh, he now has 23 quarterback snaps, three running back snaps, 22 inline tight. Tight end snaps, eight snaps as a wide receiver, five in the slot, five punt returning, 35 kick returning, 41 kick coverage snaps, 17 punt coverage snaps, and 12 field goal extra point block snaps. As the guy said, that is absurd. Taysom Hill, you freaking beast. I love you, man. Yeah. Nobody in the NFL has a better third string quarterback. Nobody. Debate me on it. Nobody has a better third string quarterback. Thank you, Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Green Bay. We appreciate it, man. And thank you, Baltimore, for Will Lutz, too. Um, very clutch. Um, yeah, no, Taysom Hill absolutely been all over the place, both metaphorically and physically, um, on on uh, special teams, offense. Um, and again, Can he play defense now? I was That's about to no say, question. right, what, what were you talking about in the group chat? Can he play a little bit of a, a nickel safety, nickel corner spot? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got the size. I don't know. Yeah, he's got the size. He probably definitely has the – he's got the hips too. His, he's uh, got his, the speed. He runs he's a 4-4. Got, oh, four. man, absolutely. Yeah. He, he's, got the same, beast, he's got the same 40 time as the guy we just traded for, Eli Apple. So, I mean, <laughs> Just shows not? the genius of uh, Sean Payton, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I have this guy who played quarterback in college – but he's really fast. He likes to hit. He can run the ball really well. At times, he looks like Tim Tebow when Tim Tebow was running. But he's faster than Tim Tebow, but not as big. And he can fly down the field and make tackles. He can block kicks. And he can block down the field as a wide receiver. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and, and he, he's like, and he's, and he's, he's doing all this with uh, first ballot Hall of Famer at quarterback, too. So it's mm-hmm. like... You know, you need to pick and choose your Taysom spots because you don't want, like, I love Taysom, Basem, but I when the game's on the line, I don't want a trick play with Basem. I want Drew Brees yeah, to have Drew the ball. Drew Brees, a wide receiver. And, yes. <laughs> and that, like that that play at the end of the, that first drive in the Ravens game where we drove down the field and all that, like, that was a perfect play call, man. If that mm-hmm. pitch got executed, that's – Kamara walks in, man. Yep. But yep. it just yep. – it was weird. It was almost like one of those plays that maybe we didn't touch on that much and during the week. You know, maybe we maybe we got one rep of it or something, and it was like, all right, yeah, we're good to go. Because it just wasn't executed well, but that's touchdown, man. And uh, yeah. and then, then that, that, that would have set the game up a little bit differently in my opinion because that first drive felt like forever we had the ball. Oh, yeah. 
no, that was a ten minute drive. It felt like it felt like we took up the entire first quarter, which pretty much did. Um, yeah. yeah, game time yeah. It was game time. It was ten minutes, so I mean there was still a little bit of time, but pretty much could could have literally just sucks that we didn't come away with any points, but uh, we went for it on fourth down. What I th- three times in that drive? That drive, alone? yeah, that, three that times, drive. including that yeah. fake punt uh, to Taysom Hill. Um, that was the first, and that yeah, which was the first. Um, and then what? It was a Mark Ingram rush that got us the the other. I think it was the fake punt, and then Drew Brees. Oh, and then, Drew Brees is a little sneak. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, yeah they were yeah. they were they hit the heck out of Brees too, man. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's tough. Tough. Oh, absolutely, man. Especially for for his age. Tough as nails. And for Taysom Hill too. Then and 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 this this reminded me when he said the genius of Sean Payton. It, it, it not only is Sean Payton uh, offensively uh, uh, gifted when when it comes to to play calling, utilizing uh, Taysom Hill, just just that actual act right there of of, of utilizing your huge third string quarterback in all these different positions. The way he does it as well is fantastic because he's kind of forced to uh, after Kamara's rookie year. Uh, we know how good Drew Brees is. Michael Thomas is is a great weapon for us as well. Defenses are going to take notice of that, and they're going to try to shut down your best guys. When you put a guy like Taysom Hill in the game, now the, the goes the, everything the, out of way. Yeah, exactly. The defense is going to have to pay attention to so many guys. Um, and and when you have a guy like Taysom Hill in, even though you know he's most likely going to be getting the ball, especially in these RPOs. Um, it's most likely going to be Taysom Hill. The defense is still going to have to pay more attention, and that could lead to um, uh, obviously some trickery involved. But uh, oh, dude! I mean, it's only a matter of time until the Saints run some Philly Philly. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. You know, like they, we are working up to either that or you know one of these one of these quarterback options. He's going to pull the ball and throw it down the field. Yep, yep. It's going to be awesome because I every single time we've run that play. Because I'm waiting for it. As soon as he's on the field and he's lined up at quarterback, I'm waiting for the ball to come out of his hands. But every single time so far this season, it's been either he keeps it mm-hmm. or he hands it off. And I'm telling you, man, don't be surprised when uh, I can see it. Like, this is how I picture it. Um, uh, it, it seems like um, Traquan is our best blocking wide receiver. So I can see him kind of, you know, lining up outside the numbers, motioning down, you know, like he's going to block. Come, you know, the ball gets ball gets snapped. Traquan goes like he's gonna block down. Taysom puts the ball on Kamara's hip, pulls the ball, stands up, and next thing you know, Traquan Smith's thirty yards down the field. Ooh, damn! Like, I can, that, I can see that. I know it's gonna happen. When the next few weeks, you know, we're going into the gauntlet. We have the Vikings, the Rams. We here first. It, it, it that play's coming, man. I can't wait for that, man. Cannot wait. Very impressive what they're doing with with Taysom Hill. So yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, bringing that up, Tyler, because he he played yeah, an absolutely huge role on, on Sunday, especially that fake punt that that really really got got that offense going there um, on that first drive. That's that that helped get it to twenty plays because uh, we could we could have just punted the drive could have been ended after uh, pretty much. I uh, that was almost a three and out. Um, so anyway, anything else you guys want to mention about the game? I I think we've covered just about everything. Eli Apple trade. Um, as well as going to definitely affect more so um, the, the the near future, um, but that was also a, a big part factor into to what we saw on Sunday. But anything else you guys want to get into about nope. the game before we wrap it up? Uh, Great game, to see another one. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, five win, five game win streak. Also, I, I I do want to give a little bit of credit. I know that he uh, uh, everybody knows about him already, but I do want to give some credit to Alvin Kamara for his performance, uh, being able to. Um, um, 
yeah, get 64 rushing yards is still really good against this this Baltimore Ravens defense. So I'm glad he was able to be the primary rusher after Ingram had you know his big game against Washington a couple weeks ago when he came back. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to Kamara also because he's on my fantasy team and he helped me win my matchup. So thank you. Hey, thank there you, you go. Really appreciate it, man. Um, but yeah, before we uh, sign off, just want to mention the other NFC South teams' performances this past week. So. Including the Saints, every team in the division came away with a win. Um, Thanks, Eagles. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, right. Seriously, man. Absolutely. The hell? Just awful. Why, <laughs> 17 point fourth hey, quarter league now out. Now at home? Though. Now we can at do home? it easily. In Philly, you let that happen? Come on now. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, that, that, was, that was the most aggravating thing. And I really wanted to watch the Giants beat the Falcons on Monday night, too. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I, 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 I was absolutely just hoping, praying it was going to happen. Did not come to fruition. That would have been that would have been the greatest loss to ever witness uh, for the Falcons, honestly. Other than obviously the Saints beating them, but yeah, the Falcons won on Monday night over the Giants. Uh, Panthers came back and beat Philadelphia on the road. Uh, one of the one of the biggest um, comeback wins so far this season. Um, and then of course the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, another very very close game for the Cleveland Browns. Um, the Bucks won in overtime by three points. Um, honestly, that game could have gone either way. Flip a coin. Browns could have came away with a win. So, um, but uh, Saints didn't really gain any traction. They're still first uh, in the standings. Um, then it goes Carolina, Tampa, um, and then Atlanta. Um, is Carolina still the only team you guys are worried about in the South? Could or uh, uh, yeah, or could Atlanta and Tampa Bay uh, become problems in the in the, the coming weeks? Or is it still just Carolina? You guys, uh, you think we're going to be competing with for the South title? I think it's still just Carolina. They're the only team. Once we take them out, week fifteen, seventeen, straight to the playoffs. Um, Carolina is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Tampa has the talent to get it together. I think mm-hmm. they just lost um, Quan Alexander, though, right? They did. He tore his ACL. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is like that's the life big. of that that defense. So they, you know, offensively they have the talent to hang with anybody. Defensively, they're in trouble. Um. Mm-hmm. The uh, and the Falcons, if they can figure their defense out, they have they have the potential to, you know, win win games. But as far as the overall way that the South is going, in, in my opinion, it's the Saints to lose. Yeah, I'm. I'm we're playing the best. Sure. You know, we're playing the best uh, out of all these teams. I mean, I can't expect the Panthers to be winning games like that. Every right. damn week, you know. So, yeah, it's ours. Yeah. It's ours to lose, unless you know, God forbid, knock on wood, something crazy happens and somebody gets hurt. Don't jinx right. it. Yeah, knocking on wood right I, now. Yeah, there you go. There, there you go. There you we're, go. We're, we're good. That's a foolproof plan right there. But no, the Saints yep. have been absolutely just incredibly fortunate with their uh, health so far this season, uh, and can't can't say the same about the Falcons, which I think is why. Um, you, I, I think it's just going to come down to the Saints and Panthers when it's all. I, I, I think the Falcons are too, and like you said, Charlie, they they definitely need to figure out their defense. Problem is, they're just missing so much talent. They started with um, there. It's 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 going to be very very tough to overcome, um, especially you know halfway through the season already or just about to that point. Uh, so yeah, I think it'll. I, I I'm I'm with agreements with you uh, guys. I think it's mainly it's definitely the Saints to lose. I think the Panthers are going to be the main contender up there with us but uh that's all the time we have for today's episode thank you guys yep. so much for tuning in obviously you can follow all of us on twitter uh at saint charlie for charlie 
Um, I'll pass it off to Tyler though, or or or, or Charlie, whichever one of you guys. I know yeah. Tyler's got the sign off, but if Charlie wants to say anything else, uh, go ahead. But yeah, uh, thank thanks yeah, for Charlie tuning to? in today, guys. Good to go. Okay. Uh, then yeah, guys, make sure you check out all of our social media. We appreciate you tuning to this episode. So, our social media goes as follows: Saint Charlie on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore on Twitter at Raymond Tyler M on Twitter and our official Hootie Dish uh, podcast account at the WDD Podcast. And make sure to check us all of our amazing episodes on Spreaker and iTunes. And also make sure to check out our Twitter account because we've been doing tons of polls and if you check out our twitter account and check out our pin tweet we are actually doing a giveaway because uh in a couple episodes we're going to be having saints wide receiver former wide receiver quinn early on and we are giving away copies of his book so make sure to check that out and retweet that for us we appreciate it but yeah that's all the time we have we appreciate it be sure to subscribe to and rate us on itunes it really helps us out guys uh and again yeah tune in for for two more episodes coming out uh, later today, uh, obviously the Vikings preview episode and the episode with the very special guest Quinn Early. So again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you very soon. And as always, who that?